Hi everyone, this is Justin Nackle with the Road to Wealth podcast. It is Sunday, May 9th, and a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I want to take an opportunity to introduce today's episode, which is featuring Matt Darren on Twitter. We talk through the different aspects of Bitcoin specifically and the whole world of crypto. Definitely a different tone from what we used to talk about in the past, but I felt this was a really necessary thing as Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is becoming more prevalent in our financial world as of today. So with that, um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do so. If you can, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, as well as please share it with your friends and family. Uh, We really appreciate everyone tuning in. And without further ado, I want to introduce Matt Darren. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome back to the Road to Wealth podcast. This is Justin, and I am honored and privileged to have this individual on, Mr. At Matt Darren. Uh, him and I uh, met on Twitter um, a while ago, and uh, you know, very different type of tone of episode that we will be conducting today. Uh, <laughs> where historically, we uh, have interviewed a few folks around their debt journey and you know, uh, traditional investing, and today we are going to be exploring the topic of Bitcoin. So, um, yes. with that, uh, I actually want to just Matt, thank you for joining me this 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 late in the evening. How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me. Excited to be here. I, I, I'm I'm very privileged, and I really thank you, especially this late. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, be flexible with my kids' nap schedule. To say that's <laughs> no, all good, man. Um, so, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, sure. we met on Money Twitter, and you know, just Twitter in general. So, um, yeah. you just give a, qu- a quick intro for yourself. Yeah. So I. Um, I basically worked in payments technology for probably, I don't know, over a decade, right? And and that really spawned a lot of um, kind of my interest and exposure into Bitcoin initially. Um, And and just into money in general, I think a lot of people have kind of the story that I have where um, when I started, didn't have a lot. Me and my wife didn't have a lot. And and you, at times you you learn um, because the other option is to not have anything. And so, you know, over the years, um, we've kind of grown and, and kind of built this thing together, which has been an awesome journey. And, um, you, you know, in, in my case specifically, uh, being introduced to Bitcoin a, a few years back has really, I think, even helped grow my understanding of not just kind of money and finances, but also economics in, in general. Um, which is an area that I, w- I was generally weak. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I've been in kind of this, you know, money and, and you know, payments technology place for quite a while. And that's kind of what got me into this. That's cool, man. And I think it's awesome, too, that, you know, you were involved with, you know, the technology side and, you know, everything related to the finance. How do you feel just being in that industry impacted just, you know, your four walls, you know, be, you know as far as like, you and your family? Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting, right? There's um, <laughs> anytime that you you kind of get an opportunity to see behind the curtain of how things work, it, it's always kind of a, a fascinating thing, right? It, it's it's part like wow, this is interesting. It's amazing how that works, and it's part wow, that's it. You know, how come this can't move faster, right? Wow. And anytime you're talking about financial, you know markets or or the the industry in general, I think in some ways it's built to move slow, right? So so when you talk about things like 
um, real-time payments and all this stuff. I mean, the technology to do all this stuff has existed for so many years, right? Anybody that has logged on to a social media website and posted something and have it shown up immediately understands that, you know, real-time communication exists. But when you're talking about, you know, payments and financial markets, there's all these other aspects to it that kind of um, make that type of quick innovation hard, right? Yeah. No, it's interesting because, you know, being in a regulated industry, you know, I, I, you know I'm in technology, so I, and I interface with, you know, many different verticals, including financial services. And many of those you know, industries are regulated and, you know, technology does move slow. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, in our world of Twitter and, you know, instant gratification, um, we expect things to move faster and be more efficient. And, um, yeah. Ironically, uh, the topic we're going to talk about is uh, something that moves very fast and uh, can move really up and down. So, um, if you could at least give, and I'm going to I'm going to butcher it, so that's why I, you know I have you on on the pod. Um, sure. Could could you you know just give a very high level overview? Uh, assuming you're 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 speaking to my mom because probably she's listening. Uh, <laughs> to nice. what what is Bitcoin? Right. Uh, okay. So, yeah. What is Bitcoin? Um, this this is it's a fascinating question, and, and, and you're right. I think you're bringing up a good point of explaining it in a way that um, is easy to understand can can be a challenge sometimes. Right. So, I, I I like to joke that it's you know magic internet money, right? Which anybody that's kind of been yeah. in the Bitcoin community kind of knows that. But um, I'm just kind of kidding. But you know, in, in its most basic terms. Bitcoin is, it's code. It's, it's, it's a piece of software that is run on computers all around the world, right? That allows for electronic exchange of value. Um, so it's in part a networking protocol as well as a unit of value, which is called a Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's money that was truly made for the internet. So one of the most kind of important aspects of Bitcoin when we talk about it is that one of the ideas that kind of went into it initially when it was created was this idea of splitting money and state, right? Which this gets into some very deep conversations, which I don't think we want to get into. But the idea is that it's wanting to eliminate the need to trust a third party with your money. And that becomes a big part of the ethos of of Bitcoin and why it's important. Like, you know, why do I need Bitcoin as opposed to just, I can log into Cash App and be be able to to transfer you money instantly, right? Like, you know, why do I need this other thing? And so it gets lost a lot in conversation because when you talk a lot about the gains and the, the, the rise in price, but it really started from this ethos of not having to trust any third parties with your money. Um, so, I don't, I don't know if that helps or makes sense. No, that that's perfect. That's perfect. And uh, you know, I think the what you're maybe alluding to is is in some case uh, like a general ledger, right? You know, the way we have checks yeah. and balances in our government system, right? Which you know right. helps dictate, and we have you know uh, uh, you know reserve of choice internationally with foreign exchange. Um, you know, this also has a pseudonym to the blockchain, which in and of itself yes. is. Um, uh, another, you know, internet term that's out there. Uh, you know, can, can you can you explain what what that is as well? Yeah, its absolutely. relation to to the actual Bitcoin uh, cur- currency or you know uh, 
issue of value. So right, absolutely. So so in terms of blockchain, right? Other than being kind of you know one of the most overused and overhyped words probably in all of history, <laughs> yeah. um, and anybody that's been around this you know this industry kind of knows that. But um, it is a essential component to what makes Bitcoin work, right? And in its most basic um, idea, the blockchain is a time-stamped history of all the transactions in the network, right? And they're linked together in a chain of blocks, which is why it's called a blockchain. Um, and it is what allows Bitcoin to not need a third party to verify transactions. And like, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? When you're at the store, um, I was going to say HGB, but HGB is a Texas thing. So I don't know. <laughs> Kro- when you're we have a Kroger. Gr- we have a Kroger. All right, Kroger. All right. yeah. <laughs> so, so when you're at Kroger, right, and you swipe your debit card, that's going to go through the Visa network. And then it's going to hit your bank, which let's say you bank at like Chase or something, right? Sure. It's going to hit Chase. And, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, I'm going to look at Justin's account. And I'm going to verify that he actually has this money to spend and I'm going to approve it and say, yeah, he's good. He can spend it. Right. And so that whole process includes a third party. That third party is your bank. The third party is the you know payment network that's facilitating the transaction. And so w- when you look at, you know, okay, well, why does that matter? Right. I think the, the question that I've gotten a lot is, yeah, I get it. It's a third party, but why do I care? And, in, in Bitcoin, how it's different is that I don't need a third party to verify the transaction because every transaction that's ever happened in the network is on the blockchain. So any computer running the software can verify every transaction itself without the need to depend on anybody else. And what that does from a, if, if we're talking about, you know, the, the idea of what makes that important when you look at the things that are going on in, in the world today, right? Um, or if you, if you look at the idea of like cancel culture or mm. these controversial kind of events that have happened to where it has impacted a entity or a person from a financial perspective. Now it's, you know, one thing to say, Hey, this person got canceled because they did some stupid. It's another thing to say, Hey, their bank accounts were shut down because they, you know, didn't meet specific terms, right? Which, uh, of course, if if it's terms that we all kind of uh, agree with and we're like, wow, that's a bad person, then it seems justified. But it's a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. And the the idea that, you know, Bitcoin was created out of was we don't need to depend on third parties when it comes to our money or the ability to transfer value. And the blockchain is, in essence, the, you know, immutable record that allows each computer or each piece of software to validate every transaction without the need of a person or a third party. Okay, thank you for that. That that really ex- explains it in in a very more you know eloquent way than what you know Twitter or anyone else would would provide. <laughs> so thanks for that, man. Um, no, for sure. And you know, it's obviously started you know years ago. I I know that there is a finite number of Bitcoin, right? Yes. Um, yep. So, you know, there is scarcity, there's value. Can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, just the impact as a, you know, for someone learning that? Yeah, sure. So um, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin available. Um, and, and how the, um, the, the application was created is that um, each... <laughs> I'm not trying to think how to explain this in a simple way, but no, in, right. take your time. In, you know, not not dive into any any kind of crazy details. It's it's deflationary by nature, right? Which is in stark contrast to kind of 
um, the what we normally kind of know and understand about money and currency, especially now, right, with everything happening with, you know, money printing and uh, all, yeah, inflation for, over time, right? For example, all the stimulus that our economy right. has, has faced. Absolutely, the past months, and yeah, yes, hundred percent, right? And, and it's not anything about the political reasons about that. That's not the important part, yeah, right? The important part is mm-hmm. exactly the important part is th- there's no question that. Um, if you continue to print money, that inflation will have an impact, right? And I know that, you know, we all hear in the news that, oh, there's, you know, inflation's low or there's no inflation. But I think if you just use just the basic, you know, common sense test of if you look at the things that just we do in everyday life, right? Whether it's um, I'm buying a meal, I'm buying a car, I'm buying a house, all those things are significantly more expensive today than they were for our parents, right? I think that's just the facts, right? Um, so the, the beauty or, you know, one of the things about Bitcoin that makes it interesting is it's deflationary by nature. It's it's capped at 21 million. Um, there's a lot of confusion around that though. So there's one piece that I did want to clear up. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, right? right. So mm-hmm. each 21 million Bitcoin is broken up into a hundred million smaller units, right? Um, and so that's one thing that I think scares a lot of people off because they, you know, watch the news and they say, oh, uh, you know, Bitcoin is X amount of money. And they're like, wow, that's too much. I don't have that much. You, you can buy $5 worth of Bitcoin, right? And it's just a fraction of one. But um, the, the idea is that it's basically released on a set schedule, right? And it's a schedule that ramped up early to, to help, you know, increase adoption and then slowly decreases over time so that, you know, one, the, the actual money creation is known and planned and timed. Um, and it's not inflationary at all. So it's, you know, going to be capped at a certain time, which if you look at, um, you know, what that's done in terms of, of prices, right? When a lot of times when we think of money, we, we, we think about the number of dollars that we have, right? Or if you're in the U.S. anyway. And rarely do we look at the price of things or the relative buying power of our money, right? Because that changes in kind of the opposite direction and it's not as obvious to us. Um, you know, w- one of the cool charts or, or, or things that, that you can look at related to Bitcoin is if you look at the price of things in relation to Bitcoin, it is going drastically down over the 12 years that, you know, Bitcoin has existed. And I think that that's a great example of just trying to understand that the power of what the deflationary aspect can do to your long-term buying power. Right? Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that, that explains a lot. So thank you for that. Um, and, you know, there's, and we're going to get into, you know, alternative coins and, you know, I know you have a, a certain position there. Um, as far as, you know the popularity in Bitcoin over the you know course of you know ten plus years ever since its inception. Um, what why do you think that's been caused? Uh, so popularity. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I think um, if, if you look at the, the the timing of twelve years, in some ways it's a short period of time, and in other ways it's a long period of time, right? I think um, one of the the obstacles with Bitcoin, and I think we touched on it even in the initial question is that the best way to describe it and to understand the value of it is through the understanding of 
computer science and economics, right? And I think part of that challenge is name how many people in your life or in my life or in any of our lives that are really versed in those topics, right? Not very many, right? They're, they're, they're hard topics, they're dense topics. Um, and in some cases, you may have people that aren't even interested in those, in those type of topics. So, so how do you convey that value to a person that maybe doesn't have a computer, you know, background or a technical background or a financial background? Um, it's challenging, right? Um, and so I do think though that there are kind of these global factors that are happening, you know, now that continue to make Bitcoin more interesting. So if we, talk about the things that we just hit on with the um, potential future inflation and all these type of things. You know, if you would have asked me in 2010 about, you know, the, the, the uh, U.S.'s potential as reserve currency status being at risk, it'd be like, wow, you're crazy, right? That'll yeah. never happen. But if you ask me today, I have a different answer, right? I, yeah, it's a lot more it seems a lot more possible today than it did in 2010, right? And so anytime that trend is kind of happening, it's going to make this alternative thing more interesting. And I think as people become more tech savvy, as your, you know, younger demographic of, um, you know, people who grew up with tech are now adults who have families who are investing, I think it's more likely that, that they get it and understand it than, you know, maybe 10 years ago. You know, I, I gotta appreciate that. You know, as a as a millennial, that's uh, older millennial that you know grew up with the internet, and you know we we touched on it earlier in the dialogue where we talked about the immediacy. You know, we, I think the reality of our our economy now is that we have these type of currencies. You know, the the aspect that, for example, I could buy goods and services with with Bitcoin. Um, you know, there's also, you know, exchanges such as Coinbase, for example, that just went, you know, uh, public, um, you know, further validating, you know, its existence. And I think, um, you know, for, you know, many retirees or people, you know, later on within their employment status, you know, this is at least a topic to consider where, you know, historically we were made to believe, you know, us as millennials that we have to save money at a bank, get CDs, put money in a yeah. stock market, right? Like all the quote unquote traditional methods of investing. And, you know, we've really caught, you know, younger generations, even younger than me that are like, you know, investing in in crypto and, and Bitcoin specifically. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And, and, and there is, you know, it's especially with all the things that have happened um, over the past few months or, or even this week, right? Meme culture is also a thing that, has had a, you know, I don't use the word profound, that's maybe too dramatic, but it's definitely had an impact um, in the financial arena, right? And, and I mean, not just financial arena, in how we do everything, like it's even in politics and in all these other areas, it resonates with people or it moves people to action more than, you know, maybe we would believe it would have, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you know, you know, just to go on this little tangent here, um, you know, for for the folks listening, you know, what we've really seen within the past, I'd say, forty eight hours is alternative coins such as Dogecoin, which uh, actually started actually as a meme, um, has risen in value and, and as of today has dropped. I think it did hit a high as of this weekend, 
Um, but you know, Matt's alluding to you know the meme culture. You know, I also had a, a post about you know Wall Street bets. The internet has provided so much lane for this type of activity, and in a way, we just have to be prepared for something for, for things like this. Yeah, and and so you know, one of the of the things that is very popular, kind of in the Bitcoin community is do your own research, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's always been kind of a thing because, it, you know, part of it is, at least in the past, you had to have enough conviction to be able to buy Bitcoin because it wasn't as established as it is today. You, you didn't have Elon buying it to where you, you know, felt better about it. it. It was, you really had to, had to believe in what you were doing or believe in it enough that you were willing to put, you know, money behind into it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, th- I think that becomes more true for, for everyone, right? Like, yes, you, you may reach out to experts and try to get their opinion and, and apply it, but there's so much information out there that you could also do that yourself as much as you're comfortable. And in some ways, like at least with, you know, my journey with, with Bitcoin, I mean, I've, um, you had kind of hit on the alternative coins, you know, I, I ran the whole gamut. I started with Bitcoin in 2014, um, which is pretty early com- compared to yeah. kind of most folks. And so what that means, at least for me, is that I made all the mistakes that you would think a person would make along the way. Um, like, you know, I I got into a bunch of altcoins and lost a lot of my Bitcoin that way. I, you know, I sold a bunch of Bitcoin in the bear markets of 2015 and 2016 for for stupid stuff like a AC unit, which we can get into that story one day if you ever want to hear that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have the most expensive air conditioning unit in the world, probably. Just in, tex- if, in, if Texas, it. it's a, in Texas, it's a luxury. So I get <laughs> it. Would be like because me I getting, <laughs> it would be like me getting the most expensive, like, you know, uh, air furnace here in, in Chicago, man. Yeah, it's it, it's not because I bought an expensive one. It's because the relative value of the Bitcoin I liquidated to to pay for that um, is you don't want to know what that fair, looks like. Fair but anyway, fair <laughs> but but the point is, you know, all those experiences and you know, really pain and you know, scars of mistakes that I made with Bitcoin is actually why I'm a Bitcoin maximalist today. It, it's one of the reasons that has really molded my opinion of. Yeah, there's always going to be some new thing and it's going to come out and it's going to have all the hype and they're going to use all the buzzwords. But you really have to get down to the, the, the brass tacks of what makes something valuable and why is it important, right? Um, and at least in my opinion, what, what I've found is Bitcoin is, and you know, blockchain specifically, the blockchain was built for you know, Bitcoin to solve the problem that you know, Bitcoin solves. And, and that's why... I think you know if anyone's going to invest in you know cryptocurrency, in my opinion, the only one that's worth investing in is Bitcoin. I appreciate that, um, and you know I, th- I think you hit on it. I think you know, and it's also been obviously discussed in you know more more broad uh, you know media outlets around you know the deflationary aspect, the fact that it could be a cash hedge. Um, you know, for for a lot of my listeners, you know, they are seeking financial independence. Um, I know you have your own respective story around that. Um, but you know, if 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 you were to speak to my audience around, you know, they're traditionally like, for example, like me, I'm in index funds and you know, mm-hmm. very quote unquote traditional methods of investing. How how do I, you know, at least 
comfortably approach Bitcoin and you know uh, yeah. uh, start accepting it within you know parts of my portfolio? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, right? And and, and I, um, I, it, you know, my journey was was kind of in that same path myself, right? Like when we first started. We, we didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of money to invest. I didn't have a retirement account, um, and and I did the same thing. I said, okay, well, well, let me put. You know, I did some research and said, hey, index funds better than you know mutual funds and, and all those things that I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is critical, in my opinion, to at least be able to build a base, right? And if we go back to the, you know inflation and the impact that that has on people, right? The the reality is that you can put money in the bank all day, but if all you're doing is putting money in the bank, it's near impossible, not near impossible, it is impossible to achieve any kind of financial independence that way because you have to be able to put your money to work in a way that builds for you. Mm -hmm. And if, if you've invested anything over time, it's it's easy to see by just going into your returns and understanding how much money you put in as opposed to how much money you have in value. And I mean, you can see. And and so with me, it's, I started with having kind of, hey, let me get a base of a retirement portfolio in, in, in index funds. And then I had, you know, a brokerage account and kind of did all that. When I got into Bitcoin at first, I really was just playing around just because I, I like to tinker. It seemed cool. Um, and I didn't really even approach it as an investment at the time. It was more of just I was I was checking it out. Um, over time, though, it became more important as an investment for me. And, you know, part of that was me just being ignorant at first and understanding the price appreciation and gains and being like, oh, wow, this is a serious thing. Right. In terms of an investment, as opposed to just like a um, like a digital asset that you could use for payments or something. Right. Um, But how people should approach it, you know, I've always believed in I'm I'm sure you do, too. The reason why it's called personal finance is because everyone is going to look at it slightly differently. It's personal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the the prevailing wisdom originally, you know, early on was try one percent of your portfolio in, uh, you know, Bitcoin. And then if it really truly becomes what it's going to be, then that 1% will be enough to, to kind of cover you. You know, nowadays, because it's more um, accepted, more popular, people kind of in- increase that percentage. But what, what, what I've noticed is anybody that I've known that has really dug into it and, you know, really understands, you know, what it is and why it's important has dramatically increased that percentage in their portfolio because they're more comfortable, number one, right? But I do think it's one of those things that normally, I think the right advice is, hey, don't invest in, into anything you don't understand. Right. In, in, in Bitcoin, I take a slightly different approach to people that ask me about it and I say, buy some. Doesn't have to be a lot, just enough to, to kind of keep your interest and watch the number go up have it keep your interest and start digging in, right? And the more you dig in and the more you learn about it and understand why it's important, then the more excited you'll be about that amount that you bought. And I think eventually the more you're going to buy, right? Um, it, it's a challenge though, right? Because part of the obstacle, in my opinion, um, is that 
a lot of the media coverage around Bitcoin and even from, you know, respectable financial outlets uh, is pretty, pretty bad. Uh, it, in some cases, atrocious, right? To where um, I think it scares a lot of people off because if you read the headline, it, it'll be a sensationalist headline or just it's, it's written by, um, you know, potentially a journalist that doesn't really understand Bitcoin all that well. Mm -hmm. And I think that does it a disservice, right? Which is why part of what I've been recommending is just buy a little bit enough that you're willing to lose and you're not going to lose sleep over and then start to dig in to understand what you bought. And, and I think for most people, it'll be a really exciting thing. You know, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, many of the Twitter, our, our Twitter fellows and, you know, um, folks online um, have been encouraging at least that philosophy, right? You know, stick with what you know for your retirement, establish that base um, around, you know, a target date or, you know, some form of index or, or mutual fund that, you know, uses as, as your method for, for growth over time. And then dabble or, you know, keep a certain percentage, right? In the same way that some folks may choose that as individual stocks or whatever your investment philosophy is. But I think um, it's becoming more legitimized out there because you, you see it on these major outlets. And you know, regardless of the, the, you know, the opinion take on it, um, it's it's getting some credence, right? You know, we're seeing, yeah. um, as, as you mentioned, you know, Tesla and Elon uh, Musk, you know, accepting uh, Bitcoin for, for cars as well as, you know, for a, a part of their, their balance sheet. Um, we're seeing yeah. things like even Mark Cuban for the Mavericks. They're accepting uh, cryptocurrency for uh, tickets as well as for merchandise. Um, and it's obviously a lot more prevalent within within the space. Um, even more so, I even did some research too. I mean, even just looking at the sale of of, of cryptocurrency, um, it's a part of my taxes. Um, I, I saw when I was filing, you know, did you yeah. buy, sell, or trade cryptocurrency? So there's impacts, you know, from a capital gains perspective. So there is some institutional yeah. um, buy in here, and I think from a regulatory perspective, um, you know, actually, I, I wanted to ask you that, you know, from a regular regulatory perspective. Do you like how it's kind of being filtered out now where, you know, it's becoming a little bit more mature? Um, yeah, I think the, um, at least in the U.S., right, how they treated it from a tax perspective is, is they treat it like property, um, which adds a little bit of complexity, especially if you are trying to use it for everyday transactions, right? Because then each one of those transactions is a taxable event, which is a little bit, you know, onerous probably is the right word. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in terms of regulation, at, at the end of the day, um, what I've believed since I've kind of been in this space is that you've seen what's happened across the world or other countries where they try to ban, you know, Bitcoin, right? Um, it usually doesn't end well. It ends with um, usage in, in, in the country spiking and then, you know, a retraction of, yeah, okay, we're not going to do that anymore, right? Because it is a global thing that there's not much any one individual country can do to kind of stop it. And the idea that it would be some kind of um, combined, you know, um, partnership to kind of stop it globally is not realistic, right? Because there's competitive pressures there. Um, that actually, to me, is, is a positive thing, right? So that... Um, the, the hope, at least in you know my mind, because I live in the U.S., is that whatever we do from a regulation standpoint continues to allow the U.S. to innovate in this area um, because, you know, you, you kind of hit on it, right? 
the, the institutional adoption is increasing. And that's been one of the more interesting things that's happened, at least in 2021, right, is mm-hmm. these big names, you know, actually putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And, and that's a, another thing that I kind of wanted to highlight. The, the companies that have put it as a treasury reserve asset on their balance sheet are only buying Bitcoin. Like they're not buying alternative coins, right? And I think uh, there's a reason for that. Um, but obviously having Tesla, um, you know, MicroStrategy, I think over the multiple buys that they've had, have over 90,000 Bitcoin themselves. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Jack Dorsey with Square. I mean, there's countless examples. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that that just adds another aspect of credibility. I mean, not that you need institutions to, to, to make Bitcoin credible, but if people are hesitant to put you know, money into it, understand that you have what people consider one of the most innovative companies in the world in Tesla, put you know, one and a half billion into it, right? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and I, I think also, you know, like, like we talked about, you know, establish your base. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you want to dip your toe in the water by buying, you know, you know, $50 or $5, right? In your example, um, you know, it is, there is risk associated, right? So you have to know that there is, you know, price fluctuations and volatility that comes with, you know, this type of investment. So, um, you know, as, as a listener, you should be recognizing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. And, and, you know, everybody has to only invest what they're comfortable with, right? I don't think anybody can tell, you know, me, you, or, or anyone else, what that number is for them. Um, and for like, for me personally, I, I won't say what my allocation is, but, you know, over time, um, as, as I've dug in, I can guarantee you that <clears throat> any traditional financial advisor would call my allocation irresponsible right now. <laughs> um, but, but, but for me, the, the deeper that I understand it and I see what's kind of happening in, in the world around me, the more that it, you know, becomes the primary thing that makes sense to me, right? And, and obviously, everyone has to make that decision for themselves. No, of course. And, you know, I think there there's an element of, of risk that you take on for yourself, but I think the educated investor, you know, is is the wiser. And I think, you know, the beauty of, you know, the internet space, and specifically, we've talked about this on, on many other podcasts on, on Twitter, is that we're meeting like, like-minded people that either share or they even, you know, agree or agree or disagree um, respectfully, sometimes disrespectfully. But um, I think for the most part, the, the what you at least take in from a dialogue perspective, I mean, I, I hope you're seeing um, and connecting with, you know, fellow other people that share that philosophy from, from a Bitcoin perspective with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Bitcoin Twitter is one of the most amazing places on earth. <laughs> um, it, it is a it is an awesome like it gets a lot of flack uh, because at, at times you know it it gets a little rowdy there. But um, but there are really some amazingly smart people that I've learned a great deal from on Bitcoin Twitter, um, and it's a you know I, I would argue if you know people are, are really interested in Bitcoin. If you really want to learn it from the people who know it best, Bitcoin Twitter could could probably not be beat. Like it's way better than reading a Bloomberg article, um, and I mean that that's just the reality. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, f- for example, I mean, I know there's you know, different ways of acquiring Bitcoin. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. using you know things like Coinbase, and you know, there's Robinhood, there's there's Square. Um, for a general retail investor, again, my mom probably listening. You know, are, are there outlets that they should go to to you know, if they're ready to dive in? Yeah, um, what I normally will recommend when people ask is to use Cash App. 
I actually think Cash App has a, a very nice Bitcoin integration. Um, they, they make it pretty easy to buy Bitcoin. They allow you, you know, most importantly, to move your Bitcoin off of their platform mm. and store it in a non-custodial way, which, in my opinion, is a 100% must-have. Um, you know, and obviously Jack, uh, Jack Dorsey's been a, a huge, you know, pro Bitcoin advocate. Um, a, a lot of these, a lot of people these days already have a Cash App account as well, so it kind of makes it, you know, easy. Um, other kind of Bitcoin only options that that I recommend are um, Swan Bitcoin. You know, really concentrates on more of a dollar cost averaging you know, model with Bitcoin, which is interesting for people that like, you know, traditional investments as well. They, you know, really try to promote a DCA mindset kind of in the Bitcoin community, which is cool. Um, other one I would say is river.com. So they're, you know, a Bitcoin only kind of exchange, kind of more of a, like a traditional interface that, you know, people who have a brokerage are probably used to. Um, in my opinion, like the, the reason that I recommend the Bitcoin only ones mostly is because I feel like, I mean, one, I'm, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, so that's, that's why, that's fair. but, but it also promotes, in my opinion, the right habits, right? Like in, in terms of Coinbase, like I, I use Coinbase for years, right? The, I bought my very first, you know, Bitcoin on Coinbase in 2014 and, and they've been around forever. The, the only kind of downside, in my opinion, with things like Coinbase is they do a lot of promoting of kind of the alternative coins. And then, and I just think it's really easy to get into bad habits if you're if you're new, because what you're going to see is all these things and you're going to see, oh, well, there's Bitcoin and there's Bitcoin cash and there's Bitcoin, you know, you know, whatever. All these are the same and you know, they're, they're really not. So that's my only kind of hesitance to, to, to any of that. And there's been a lot of drama kind of in the past with Coinbase and the Bitcoin community, but that's a whole other pod probably. Um, the only thing that I will say here is I don't really recommend that anyone buys Bitcoin from Robinhood or PayPal specifically because those platforms, um, the, like they don't allow you to transfer your Bitcoin off of their platform. So in my opinion, that's not Bitcoin. That's just a Bitcoin IOU. Right. Um, it, it really goes against kind of the, the whole ethos of what Bitcoin is about. Uh, ultimately, if you know, all people want is just exposure to the, the price appreciation of an asset, then you could argue that you could have that with Robinhood or PayPal. But in, in my opinion, to really understand the value of Bitcoin is to really be able to, to transfer it off into a non-custodial wallet um, and you know, really own it for yourself. And I, th I think there's a there's an element there where you know it, that's different from a traditional like brokerage or you know regular account even you know with Chase right because there is I want the listeners to keep in mind that the non custodial piece is you know some form of a digital wallet if I'm hearing that correctly uh, where it's yeah. yours um, there is a secure ID associated with it so if you are you know purchasing your shares of Bitcoin or, or not shares of Bitcoin but your Bitcoin um, you have the ability to transfer that out into your wallet. Am I here? Am, am I saying that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, if if we, we kind of go back to the the idea of of not wanting to trust third parties, right? Um, you know, having your Bitcoin stored even, even on Cash App, right? And I, I like Cash App, but um, anytime I use Cash App, I always move it off in, into my own wallet, um, and you know, that's a wallet that only I control and. There's nobody in, in in the world who can move those coins unless it's me, and and that's a that's a very cool thing. Oh, that's great, man. 
Um, so, you know, to kind of shift gears, um, we, we talked a little bit about financial independence and, you know, you, you use the, uh, the general basis to get there. Um, where are you now? You know, I, obviously we met on Twitter, you know, I, I think, um, you have a great story, man. And, um, just curious, you know, what's, uh, what, why are you using the space and what, what's kind of, you know, next in your future, man? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. So, so yeah, so I, I did kind of the whole payments technology thing for, you know, over 10 years um, at a at a pretty large um, financial services company. Um, and w- w- what it really meant for me is my situation from, from a financial standpoint changed, you know, dramatic, that's not a word. I, I was about to say dramatically. <laughs> dramatically. That's, uh, <laughs> it's new on the road <laughs> How much of this drink have I had? We don't know. Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But our financial situation changed dramatically, kind of over the time that that I had kind of worked there, right? And, and I'm I'm forever grateful for that. But the reality is that we were in a position to where I'd been planning for a very long time to kind of want to do my own thing, um, which I mean, probably for years, if I'm being honest about it, right? And I just I wasn't as active as I was maybe over the past year. And um, yeah, a lot of what allowed me to make that leap from I'm, I'm in this job every day to now I'm kind of branching out on my own is the investment decisions that I made over the years, right? There's no question that that um, played a significant part in being able to make that jump. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this, right? Like there's there's no one way to do this, right? There are people who will say, Hey, make sure that you build your side hustle to at least match your income before you, you know, make that jump. There's others that'll say, oh, just make the jump. I kind of did a hybrid. It's um, we we have enough kind of put away. I have enough runway to give me a couple years of, you know, whatever I'm doing to pan out. Sure. Um, but, you know, you always kind of have a backup plan. But with, with me, it was really the having the kind of means to do it. And I always wanted to do it. And because I'm so heavily kind of in Bitcoin, I really wanted to work on it more full time. And that's hard to do when you have kind of a day job, right? So um, part of what drove me was, I do want to be part of helping to kind of build and educate around this new kind of paradigm um, in finance related to Bitcoin. And that's kind of the, you know, for to not be completely cheesy, that's the dream, right? Of, hey, I've I've kind of built up enough to have a runway to go do what I really want to do. And so let's try it and we'll see where it ends up. You know, the funny thing about, you know, money Twitter and, you know, I assume it's, you know, the same with, you know, Bitcoin Twitter is that, you know, everyone's looking for, I don't want to say an exit, you know, a sign that's an exit or exit strategy in some fashion, but they're just looking for, um, a way to you know really dive in and lean into what they love, and yeah. you know there's been a lot of talk around you know I need to leave my job and you know I, I need to start my side hustle and you know all this stuff. But I think you did you know, what what I appreciate is the fact that you did it so in you know the traditional you know corporate nine to five space, but you also were dipping your toe and exploring it now and you built the right foundation from a basis in in a traditional investment space where you and your wife and your family have this, you know, ability to say, okay, well, Matt can now do this. And, you know, if it doesn't work out or if it works out great, if it doesn't, you know, you can, you could pivot to something uh, else, man. That's right. I'll go get another job, right? It's, it's a, 
I'll, I'll do whatever has to be done. And I, that, I think that is kind of the, the interesting thing, right? When, depending on where you're at kind of in the journey, like when we started not having much was actually, um, I mean, it, it was hard, but it's a blessing because, you know, part of what I thought about when I was making this jump was, I mean, not that I want to go back to not having anything, but it's not like we didn't do it before. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, you know what? I, yes, I've, I've gotten comfortable, but um the, the main thing is having your own plan in place. And um, I, I know we're talking a lot about, you know, money, financial concepts, but the reality is, is having a family structure or a, a, a wife or a person who's with you that is on the same page is probably the most valuable investment that you can make. Um, you know, I'm not to get you know totally cheesy here at the end, but, um, but the reality is, is, you know, that support is as, as meaningful and as powerful as the financial support that you got from your investments, right? And only those things working together can actually make that work. I agree. I, I think, you know, being, a, I, I noticed you're wearing a Spurs shirt. I'm a big basketball fan. So, you know, I think the team wins, right? You know, I'll shout out to Greg yeah. Popovich, right? There's an element where, you know, Tim Duncan and, you know, Manu and uh, Parker, they didn't win individually, right? Collectively, they they teamed up together. I think what you're hitting on is like this piece around your partnership with your with your wife, and you know, having that trust as well as that plan together. Um, it's never done alone, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it. I think it's going to be fun. You know, at the end of the day, you don't really know yeah. kind of what exactly is going to happen. And I think you know, most of the time, when you have a plan you know, where things end up is usually slightly different than maybe where you plan because, you know, that's life and things change and, and you adjust on the fly. And, you know, where where I may end up in, in terms of what I'm going to be doing may end up being very different than what I originally thought. But I think in today's world, right, there is so much opportunity to earn outside of kind of the traditional kind of methods that we, or at least I grew up with, right, of, hey, go get a good job, you know, work there 30 years and retire. And, and that's kind of the way, I mean, the, the internet has changed that forever. And I think, um, you know, more people are, are interested from, or, you know, in hearing from other people and, you know, what their journeys are. And I, and I think, you know, what it, that's kind of shown over the last few years is that type of interaction can be, you know, at times way more valuable than, even what you learned in school, right? And and so it's it's opening your, your mind to that to say, look, yeah. the opportunity is out there if you're willing to go try it and do it. And then, you know, who knows what it can be. Yeah, no, I, I love that, man. I think that's a, a great way to end it. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to shout out your your Twitter. It's at Matt Darren. Um, can you tell the listeners anything else that you're going to be working on, um, either for yourself or, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, yeah, if if you, you catch me on Twitter, you'll you'll see kind of, you know, me and a bunch of crazy people with laser eyes kind of in the Bitcoin <laughs> community. Uh, it, it is a really fun kind of place to be in, um, uh, like a little brash. So if that scares you off, then you just might want to, you know, just dip your toe in, into that. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to be getting back into YouTube. Uh, it's you know been a while for me, but one of the areas I think in kind of the, you know, Bitcoin social media space that is relatively weak is, is on YouTube. I think there's some, some groups like Swan and, and others who are doing a great job there. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of, kind of the scammy, you know, the YouTube, hey, this is going Grab to the moon stuff that, 
you know, doesn't help. And, and I think that that's an area where, you know, maybe I can add some value. And so it's, you know, not up yet, but if you follow me on Twitter, then when I start making videos, you'll, you'll catch them. Great. Great, Matt. So everyone, please follow at Matt Darren on Twitter. Uh, Matt, thank you again for spending the time with me this evening, man. I know it's late. Um, and I, again, appreciate your flexibility tonight, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And take care. All right. See you, everyone.